April 24th, New York City. Join me and hundreds of other communicators at FutureComs 2019. Be a day long of all the great things going on in the world of internal communications. All information is available at futurecoms.info. If you decide to register, want to save a couple bucks, save 20% and put in the code podcast. And you save 20% off registration, put in the code podcast. Hope to see you all in New York City, April 24th, Futurecoms 2019. Cue the music. Culture Common Cocktails listeners, this is your host, Chuck Ghost, Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And this episode is a little bit different than the others. Uh, what I'm going to do is publish an excerpt from another podcast that I was on. The podcast is called IC Unplugged, and it's hosted by a gentleman named Lee Smith from Gatehouse. Every year, Gatehouse releases its State of the Sector Survey, which is research and findings on internal communicators from around the world. And on this episode, he invited myself. Uh, Mark Wright, Jen Sproul, and Helen Deverell. To be on the podcast, we dissected certain sections of this year's report. My section focused solely on the relationship between internal communicators and frontline managers. And I know that's something that a lot of internal communicators struggle with. And so I thought it would be of interest to uh, the listeners here. Following that, I will now be able to give my cocktail recommendation up to this point, I've been asking other communicators what their cocktail recommendations are, and we've had some great ones. I will be giving you my cocktail recommendation, as well as information on how you can listen to the rest of this episode of IC Unplugged and download the full State of the Sector survey. So hope you enjoy this excerpt. Well, look, let, let's move on from digital to, uh, I guess, perhaps more old school communication. Um, but, you know, one of my hobby horses is line manager communication. I think it's a, an area that we don't focus on enough. It's where if you look at all the engagement and uh, data and research over the years, line managers are so critical to un unlocking that in engagement. Um, yet as a profession, you know, we've seen it time and time again, the number one barrier every year apart from this year has been poor line manager communication skills. It's still the number three blocker uh, this year globally. Um, Chuck, I'd w welcome your thoughts on, uh, you know, we've been quite provocative in saying that, you know, as a profession, we've, we've hoisted up the white flag. We've given up on, uh, on cracking this challenge of line manager communication. Is that unfair? No, in fact, I was going to say I thought you guys used a very polite word when you said we've surrendered uh, the effort when I was going to use the word that we've quit or bailed on the line manager. And it's something that, again, year and year and year over and over again, communicators recognize this critical position that, that line managers and let's even say mid-level managers have inside organizations as communicators. They have amazing visibility. I would love to see where they fall on, in the world of trust, of where employees, where they trust between uh, their peers, their senior leaders, and then line managers. And yet communicators, I don't want to say that we are disrespectful of the position that they're in, but there seems to be a lack of respect or a lack of appreciation for the challenges that line managers face. They are very much in the middle of the organization. In many cases, probably asked to do too much and carry too much of a burden. So when you look at the channels that communicators are creating for line managers, there's not many that are dedicated to them. So it's probably these line managers feel 
Like the company may not respect uh, the role that they're in, the challenges they face. And I'm always curious, too, like when we look at the word effective, I would like to see how companies are defining that. How do we know that line managers are effective or not um, inside organizations? Because I don't necessarily see communicate. not saying that's a communicator's job to determine effectiveness, but I don't see a lot of determining of that. It seems to be more of a bit of a gut check of, you know, how line managers are or, you know, they, we all still, a lot of organizations still rely on cascade of content. And it's not necessarily that cascade and by nature is bad, but the volume of cascade, again, could be overwhelming because as we are all communicators, whether by profession or just by nature of who we are, we do filter based on time available, based on our own interests, whether we realize those biases or not. And if a team doesn't know certain information, we might think, oh, well, that line manager is a bad communicator. When, in fact, we might just be giving them too much to communicate in the first place. You know, I, th- I think that's a really great point and certainly is borne out in the, the audit work that, that we do as an agency. You know, uh, it's a tough place being a line manager. There's, there's squeeze from every side. They're asked to do more and, and more every year. So maybe the starting point for us as internal communicators is to, to ask ourselves how we can not add to that problem but actually make life easier for them. Uh, perhaps that's where, where we're going wrong. Oh, I, I think without a doubt, even looking at, uh, you know, one of the things, which actually was an improvement from 2018, was one-to-one coaching sessions. And maybe it's not one-to-one, maybe it's one-to-few, and maybe that's an opportunity for communicators. You know, we always talk about wanting um, a seat at this proverbial table. Well, what if communicators built a table for line managers and used that as a platform to begin helping them become better communicators because the way I think about it is if we help line managers become better communicators, then the organization as a whole becomes better at communicating. People get on the same page more. They know what's going on. They understand the initiatives. The more that line managers are left in the dark, then probably their teams are also left in the dark. So I liked seeing that there was that little bit of a bump going from 11% to 17%. So at least that's a, you know, 50-ish percent increase. But I think that's still too low. And, you know, we, we see the value of face-to-face all the time, but I think we think about face-to-face from a leadership standpoint down, where I think there's an awesome opportunity for communicators to initiate some face-to-face communication and conversation with line managers, whether they view them as coaching sessions or, you know, more of that focus group or diagonal slice type meeting. Um, I think there's more that communicators can do to be seen as a true leader of communication and really help those line managers out, investing that time there should make the communicator's life easier down the road. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we do a huge amount of is is, uh, training uh, the the skills piece, training managers and leaders to be more engaging managers and leaders. But if, again, you look at the state of the sector research, um, we ask how involved is the IC team in the following activities, providing communication training and or coaching is still re- absolutely at the bottom of the pile. Um, just under 40%, I think, say they are very or usually involved in that. Um, and, a, and a huge number actually say they're never involved in that. So is this something we can crack? And how do we do that? Do you, do you see evidence of communicators partnering with their colleagues in, in, in learning and development? Are we... Are we beginning to make that happen or, or not? 
Well, I think it's a bit of a shift in probably some of the thinking that some communicators have where they see themselves as the doers. Like we are the ones pushing the buttons. We are sending the email. We are posting the message. Instead of being the ones that are facilitating communication in an organization, we don't have to be that that gateway or that bottleneck for all communication anymore. And I think what we do is we undervalue our own employees as content creators. And we see that in our personal lives where, you know, people are comfortable talking, you know, sharing things on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. We're all content creators, but yet in a lot of organizations, communicators feel that that's their domain, that I would rather see them open that up and let others be the doers, let others create their own content. And as communicators, you provide the channels, you provide the navigation, you provide the leadership in that area. So become less of a doer and more of a thinker, an advisor, a counselor to those teams. And it is possible, I think, to work a bit more with whether it be training and development or learning, whatever it's called inside the organizations, to help those communicate, help those uh, line managers and other leaders become better communicators because in that process we should be able to learn what are their pain points, what are their difficulties, how could we package content information better for them and show the respect that we have for their for their pivotal position inside a company. That's really interesting. So it's this shift from seeing ourselves as kind of gatekeepers at best or crafters and drafters, stuff people, to actually being uh, enablers. We're there to empower managers, empower the organization to be able to communicate for, for itself. I want to thank Lee Smith for inviting me to be on that podcast. It's always a privilege to be on other people's shows. And also the contributions from Mark White, Helen Deverall, and Jen Sproul. If you're interested in downloading the full State of the Sector survey, which I guarantee all communicators should be, very simple to do. Just go to gatehouse.co.uk slash state of the sector. Uh, put in information and download the report. It's amazing year over year the information they're able to pull out of internal communicators, and it's becoming much more global and present. So if you're in North America listening, uh, make sure you participate in the survey next year. And if you want to listen to the full episode of this podcast, IC Unplugged is available wherever you listen, just like this episode. Just search IC Unplugged, all one word, and you should have no trouble finding it. And now for my cocktail recommendation. It comes from Las Vegas, and it's in the Sky Bar formerly at Mandarin, which is now a Waldorf Astoria. Sky Bar has some of the most amazing views of the Las Vegas Strip and great cocktails. My favorite one there is the French 75. And it's a cocktail that's available other places. What I found very unique about the way the Sky Bar does it is they use Hendrix Gin in their French 75. So it's Hendrix Gin, uh, sugar syrup, lemon juice, and then top it off with champagne. So it is served in a flute uh, with a little lemon twist on top. Absolutely delicious, very refreshing, and you get the amazing views of the Las Vegas Strip. Now, I must tell you, it is no longer on the menu, so you have to ask for it, but they will happily make it for you. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening. <laughs>